Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Hello and welcome. Welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach. And I'm here with yet another high demand coach, and that is Catherine Lewell. And Catherine is a master humanistic practitioner. She founded Yes You Now in 2020 to help successful entrepreneurs and executives and business owners to launch themselves into the next level of their lives because she recognized that those with power, wealth, and influence are the best place to bring about positive change in our world. It's her mission to help them do that wisely. Well, Catherine, I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, we were talking on the uh, just uh, before we hit record and said, it feels like Christmas. You know, it's been a long time coming. We've been trying to get you on for a while and the, the day has finally arrived. So I feel like the little kid on Christmas morning, so excited to hear what you have to say. Before we jump into the work that you do with your clients and the results and, and just the magic of that, I'd love to kind of push rewind a little bit, go back to the beginning, if you will, and hear what were you doing before you got into this line of work and why did you ultimately decide to make the leap? Well, it it was kind of evolved right from when I was very, very young, because even when I was six years old, I was looking around at people and thinking, why are people putting so much energy into saying things that they don't really mean? Mm. And why are so many of these people not really very happy? And I think it was right then that I actually made a decision that I wanted to be somebody who understood those things. And as I got older, I thought, actually, the best thing for me would be someone who actually helps people with those things. So right from the beginning, I was kind of inter- interested in all that stuff and steeped in sort of psychology and philosophy and stuff, my father's books and, and everything. And I think I kind of, um, more practically speaking, I evolved into the coaching work I'm doing now through the very first thing I did with people was voice training, voice work where I was helping people to connect the spirit that was inside them into the voice that comes out of wow. the mouth, you know, the, that connection, which was very somatic body work, breathing work, quite um, cathartic. And that was like the very first thing I did with people. And that kind of evolved over a, quite a period of time, maybe 16 years, wow. as I was working with people at more and more and more and more senior level And finally, working at board level with people who wanted to bring about extraordinary change in their organization. And a lot of the principles ran all the way through, you know, the body, the heart, the mind, the spirit. How can we be truthful? How can we follow our truth? And how can we manifest what we want to manifest? So for me, it's been an an evolution rather than a leap. Awesome. Awesome. Now, uh, I'd love to know, like... 
someone's listening, uh, a busy executive, and they're like, what in the world does vocal training have to do with, how does that lead to evolving into kind of leadership coaching? And, and so tell us, tie those two together because I, I can hear it, you know, under the surface, but uh, just talk to like, what what are those threads that that stuck through that whole time? Well, one thread was that um, it, in order to be really happy in life, it's great if we're really connected to ourselves, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally. And one thing that voice work did was that, and people were suddenly much more effective and much happier. Mm. Now, that was just an example. What we were also then doing with people we did the voice training with was sending them back to their organizations where they were doing marketing work, sales work, et cetera. And they were suddenly much more successful because they knew how to connect with people on the phone and in person. And then the client organizations that they were working for didn't know how to manage them because they were so unpredictable and authentic. And it was like, oh my God, how do we manage them? So they asked us to train their managers. And so you can see there's progression from there that went all the way up because in the end, they were saying, okay, you're teaching us how to manage these really authentic people. How do we make all of our people more authentic and more real and more intuitive and more creative? And mm. how the hell do we then manage those people when we've done that? You know, And of course, the answer is then it, what it means is at border level, you have to do that work. You've got to become much more self-aware and much more connected to your true choices. And you can't just go tick in the box, I've done another day at work. You've got to be yeah. present, really present. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm summing up. It's got to be, since I did that voice work, that was 1980. So we're like 90, 100, that's 22 years ago. No, 42 years ago that I started doing that. Wow, yeah. Which is a long time ago. So I've just tried to sum up 42 years in two seconds. It's remarkable. You did it exceptionally well. All right. So uh, again, we've got just decade after decade of, of doing this and going deep with folks. What would you say today is some of the most important work you're doing with your clients? Um, I would say um, it, it's something around what I call power of choice, where people are really examining what is it to make our own choices mm. and are we really making our own choices? And to what extent are we actually being influenced by all sorts of things outside of us that we don't realize we're being influenced by? I think we all yeah. believe that we're making our own choices all the time, except when everything's going wrong. And then we believe that we didn't make any choices around that and that it, it was forced upon us. So that, that's our kind of base conditioning for a lot of us. And I know wow. there will be people listening, shaking their heads, going, no, 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 I can make my own choices, right? And and yet, of course, we can. But this is an area where there's a massive potential for, for leverage for people in really examining how the early conditioning affects our choices, how the pressures on us affect our choices, how the political environment, the economic environment, our industry environment, our peer level environment at board level or wherever we are yeah. is actually influencing the way we make our choices yeah. very often on an unconscious level with yeah. unconscious and drivers in place. Now, when you can actually interrogate that for yourself, then you've got a chance of saying to yourself, oh my God, there are some choices here that were not mine. Yeah. And then from it's actually very easy to let them go once you realize that. If you haven't realized that, it's almost impossible to let them go and you're just stuck. Mm. 
this this whole thing around power of choice, I think for them at the moment is the most potent work I'm doing. Well, uh, I, I know you work with a lot of type A folks, so I want to drill into that. But I would say to those type A folks that are out there, the proof of what Catherine is saying is the idea that we we have a saying about, you know, it's lonely to be at the top of an organization. Fundamentally, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but fundamentally, as you're thinking, as you're saying this, I'm thinking the reason it feels so lonely is because we have uh, one, we, we don't have anyone else's expectations to hold us up, right? We have all the ones that we've kind of carried with us, but we don't have any to kind of pull from that peer level or, you know, we start to lose that as we we climb up through an organization and you feel the barrenness of that, right? It's like, I'm standing here now I'm by myself and I recognize I've, I've got everyone else's expectations, but no one else to share them with. Would you, yeah. would you agree with that? I, I would, I, I would say that, um, there's a myth in our culture, which is that the more successful, the more powerful and influential you are, the less you need support and assistance, which is completely fallacious. Uh, the, the, the really successful people at very high level have an extraordinary network of support around them, which, which then is an antidote to that loneliness that you've just described beautifully. It's a beautiful antidote, but a lot of people are conditioned to believe that when you get to that place, no, you shouldn't be asking for help because other people need it more than you do. You shouldn't mm. be selfish or self-indulgent. Yeah. Whereas actually, if you've got a massive job to do, you're looking after a lot of people, you're influencing a lot of people, everything you do is very high leverage in terms of its effect. So therefore, you should be being looked after like a racehorse is being groomed, nourished, exercised, you know, the whole time for one race, you know, weeks, months of preparation and care for a one race. Yeah. As a very senior person, that that that's a bit like the Taipei personality for me, you know, like the yeah. stallion running across the hills and the beautiful creature, it, you know, needs care and needs that support. But for people at that level, it's very hard to get the right kind of support. Yes. Because most of the support that's available is for people earlier on in their life cycle, let's just say, or in yes. their process. So finding the right support is incredibly tricky. I actually yes. wrote an email about this called um, uh, Autonomy in Relationship, the human side of being a non-exec chairman, which is a very one example of the sort of role you're talking about. Mm. And the needs these guys shared with me are very personal and very potent and they, a lot of them recognize they need the support and the networking and the peership, but they find it really difficult to set it up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so many, there's so many things in there. I, I want to drill into, um, and I love the the fact that you were able to use the word fallacious uh, in a, a podcast. That's, that's most <laughs> excellent. Uh, but I, I want to talk, I really want to dial in because we have a lot of type A li- uh, listeners uh, that are tuning in. And, and I know that this is a place where you do a lot of work. And, and I think, you know, in my experience uh, from being this type of person myself uh, and working with so many uh you know, many of them feel like I've got all the choices in the world. Like I'm the master of my own fate, right? I I, I choose, I, I made the leap. I did I, the whole reason you look at study after study, the primary reason why entrepreneurs start organizations, why founders, you know, found their organizations is fundamentally for freedom and autonomy, right? Yeah. Uh, and so we're looking at it in a mechanical sense of the word, 
right? But you can't find freedom and autonomy just in the mechanics. There's more to it than that. So tell us a little bit about how you're working with this. Like, what what does the power of choice look like for that type A leader sitting at the top, if you will, of their org chart? The very the first thing to really look at is how do I feel, actually? How do I feel about what I'm doing with my life? How do I actually feel about it? And sometimes it's a bit difficult to kind of appeal people away from what do I think about it? Mm. So how do I actually feel? You know, the gut feel. Does it? Do I have a warm glow around it? Do I feel stimulated? Do I feel enthralled, enthusiastic? You know, do do I have those experiences around yeah. what I'm doing? If not, am I actually treading water? Mm. And if I am actually treading water, is that genuinely what my, what every part of my being wants to be doing? Is that genuinely what I want to be doing? Now, sometimes that is what we want to be doing when we've just done a massive push, and then we want to consolidate and rest and regroup. Yes. Fantastic. So a big part of it is starting off by, by really tuning into how do I really feel about where I am and what I'm doing genuinely? And is that how I want to be feeling right now? Is that yeah. really what I want? Yeah. And following the intuitive thread around that. And that's also quite a difficult thing to do by ourselves. And sometimes people do it with people who know them very well, which is great. But of course, the downside to that is that they, they think they know you very well. What they really know very well is who you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. They don't really know well the you that you're evolving into. Because we all have a vested interest in keeping people the same to some extent. We love people. We want to know that we know how they are and what they're like. We, people don't often like it when people are sort of transforming and ascending, you know, in front of them because they feel left behind. Yeah. So that's another reason why sometimes when people are working with coaches, they they want to work with somebody who's completely outside their circle who's got no vested interest in keeping them small or keeping them the same, and who's very excited about helping that person to really delve into those tricky questions. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a number of coaches on the show who've shared just the value of an outside perspective, but you're taking us a level further in in, uh, helping recognize that, yes, people are invested in you showing up the way that you always have. It's predictable. It's understandable. You know, I choose to be around that person, right? And even when there's positive change, it's still a a threat, either conscious or subconscious to the folks that are around us. And and it is, I remember one of the, uh, the first great coach I had, right? His name's Robert Mellon. He was actually on the show earlier on, but he did this for me and it, it upset a lot of relationships in my life, actually. You know, Robert had, I, to this day, Robert has the most you know, rose-colored view of me out of anybody that I know, right? Robert believes in a, <laughs> the best version of me that I'm still trying to catch up with. Every time I feel like I'm getting close, he, he hits me with another one and he's, you know, he's 10 steps down the road. And <laughs> that's what a great coach does, right? Not only are they not invested in keeping you small, fundamentally uh or stuck but they're they're actually invested in moving you forward and moving you downstream yeah and they've got nothing to lose when you transform yeah genuinely because they don't yeah. live with you they don't work with you every day yeah and the people that do live and work with you we have to be compassionate to those people around us because they do love us yes and so when we are transforming we need to 
tell them what's going on and let them know we still love them, right? So that's a yes. whole piece, actually, funnily enough, yes. of work that I've done with a lot of clients where they start to kind of take off. And then the next three sessions are about how do I talk to my wife about this? Yes. How do I talk to my kids about this? Yeah. And, and I have found, it, yeah, there's a fascinating that you bring that up because it's one of the places that we get stuck is when we feel the change, we go out to, and we're showing up in a different way. We forget that everyone else is actually still interpreting that through the lens of how we showed up yesterday, right? Yes. And it, yeah. it can actually cause more friction, more miscommunication, right? Yeah. Because the gap now between our understanding of how I'm showing up, how you're showing up is different than it was beforehand. And it can, yeah. it can also, if you're not careful, it can be that, you know, one step forward, two steps back almost. It can be very distressing. But, but, or, and it can be transformative. I, I've seen, yeah. I've, I've actually had people's wives phone me up and say, look, I've no idea what you're doing with my husband, but thank you. Yeah. Right. And I said, I don't need any more detail than that. Thank you very much. I'm glad it's working for you. <laughs> you know? so, so there have been situations where it's turned into a, you know, a net plus. For yeah. Them. Yes, 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 yes. It's certainly, not it's all. certainly not all bad. Yes. Um, so there's something fascinating in our work and the way that we kind of help organizations address growth and challenges is we kind of map the world into these different stages. Four of the stages feel bad. Three of the stages feel good. And most of the time we're trying to help them get to the stages that feel good and are good and are easier to lead. And, and it's good. But one of the things that you I, I kind of hear you drawing out is the value of those challenging times, because what happens in those times is our autopilot breaks right? That thing that we we just came in, we showed up, we did the thing. It, it's not working anymore. And what it does is brings to the surface uh, this power of choice that you're talking about, because to an extent, if it goes long enough, you can't stay where you are, right? You either have to move forward or you have to move backward to not in a bad way, but to, to return to what it is you really love to do, right? It's not always up and to mm -hmm. the right, but you can't stay here. Uh, and you, you brought up the, uh, you brought up a, a white, or a uh, uh, water analogy with treading water, right? We actually call one of those stages white water. And it, it's just like, and, and so one of the gifts of those stages, and a lot of our folks know what those, those stages are, but if you're in white water, one of the gifts of those stages is that it does, it highlights the power of choice. Now, I know you've seen this, when you're in those difficult stages, it feels like you have anything but a choice. Right. When you're in those difficult times, you even said it feels like everything's being handed to you. Right. It's I have no, you know, I'm a, a poor victim of circumstance. So how do you help folks who come in and, and they're in one of those more desperate moments? They feel like, sure, I have a choice. It's like worse or worse. Right. Uh, <laughs> how do you help them to to kind of wrap their mind and heart around what's going on and decide how they choose to move forward? Uh, pretty much everybody needs needs to kind of download for a bit and it's incredibly powerful the effect of just letting somebody download for as long as mm. they need to and i'm sure you'll have experienced this as a, as a as a coach yourself so they download about the experience i tend to kind of uh, guide people and support people to share about the experience of the situation how they're feeling how it's affecting them and how it's affecting their sleep and how they're relating to people and all of that, because often it's through that that they start to get the the bits of wisdom coming through as to which aspects of it they really want to change. Yeah. And the other thing I really encourage people to do is to try to, you you said white water. So 
if I understand it right, white water is what you get when, when you're kind of in the, um, the mountains somewhere and this water is coming down really fast and really hard and it's white because it's hitting the rocks all the time. So if you're in that, one thing that's very important to do is to understand the nature of the white water that you're in, to understand this water is moving at, th- at like this speed, it's this deep, there are this many rocks, the, the, the banks are over here. And in an organization, there's an equivalent to that, which is what are the forces at play that are at play that's nothing to do with you, mm. right? That these forces are at play, they are going for it. It's not your fault. It's not your responsibility. You can't change those forces. And a lot of people waste a lot of energy thinking they should be able to change those forces. They can't. It's like the yeah. weather. But what they can do is they can understand it and recognize it. And if they've also then tapped into themselves and, and owned how they're feeling and, and their experience around it, then they can look at it and go, ah, how can I surf that? How can I surf that power? Yeah. Right? Yes. How can I actually utilize that as a source of power for what I want to be accomplishing? And in the organizational change work I've done, that's why it's had really strong effects because I've shown people how to understand the currents that are running really powerfully now and how to jump on those and go with them and get to where they want to really fast using the power and the forces that are already there as opposed to trying to fight against them. That's so good. Yeah, it's so good. You can waste a lot of energy trying to paddle up river if you're in whitewater and not get anywhere. So yeah, just phenomenal. Um, and and recognizing those parts, you know, there are significant things, even if you're the one in charge, there are a significant number of factors that are not in your control. And I, I think that's hard, especially for the type A's who are used to taking the bull by the horns, right? It's like, well, when there's 50 bulls and you got two hands, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of that you just have to let go of. So I I love, I love that approach. And I think there's a tremendous amount of wisdom in it. Uh, All right. Now here's a question that I I love to ask all of my guests and uh, it's, it's where we got the idea of the name of the show. And, um, and, and so it's this, what is the biggest secret that you wish wasn't a secret at all? What's that one thing that you wish everybody listening today knew? Well, when you told me before that you were going to ask me this question, I came up with one answer. I've got another one. Can I give two answers? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. So the first one I thought of is that, that the answer to all our really important questions is already there inside of us. Everyone has heard that. Everyone knows that idea. Very few people believe it. Right. So that's the first secret. This is a secret we keep from ourselves actually. And the second one is that life tends to work out. It tends to work out. It wants to work out. It just might take a bit longer than we, with our ego, think it ought to. Isn't that the truth? Remember (laughs) that, that we can actually understand that sometimes timing is timing is timing. And if we can get the hell out of the way and let go of our ego for five minutes, we might be able to then participate with the way life wants to go and get everything that we want. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many lessons I've had to relearn because I've missed them in that exact thing, right? I, I, like I haven't embraced the the benefit, the power, the learning, the lesson, the the silver lining, whatever language you want to use it in those dark 
challenging times, right? I've been so busy trying to get out of it that I've not ever learned the lesson in it. So uh, that's, yeah, it's a powerful, powerful truth, especially putting those two together. Uh, I love that. Uh, I want to shift gears though a little bit um, and I'm going to have you jump in the ring with the rest of us. So take off your coach hat for a moment uh, and put on your own you know, leadership CEO hat and talk to us a little bit about what the next stage looks like for you and your leadership and, and your organization? Thank you. Well, for me, at this stage I'm at in, in my life, the, the main thing I'm really, really interested in is, is trying to be part of the solution in terms of being as much as I can, being the person I want to be. Because I've got a lot of people watching me and observing me and learning around me. And I feel it's incumbent on me to be someone who's continuously learning and growing and questioning and inquiring and continuously trying to get over myself and let go of ego, like I was just saying, in a way that actually is a good example to them. Mm. And so for me, that's like an endless uh, life journey. But at this point in my life, I'm on sort of in the last third quarter of my life. Who, who even knows? I don't know. Um, I'm, at a, I'm at a place where I've got the luxury of really opening to that. You know, I'm not chasing anything. So I can really do that. And actually, one example of that, I have my own podcast, Truth and Transcendence, and I'm constantly learning and growing doing that podcast. Every single guest who comes on is a different, exciting challenge and growth opportunity. And I learn stuff. So that's a place where I'm being a leader in a different way from being a coach. Mm. Where I'm chucking stuff out, as you are right right now, as we're doing this, you know, I'm chucking stuff out into the world and just trusting it's going to land where it's needed and where it's going to be of value, in a way that's very open-handed. So that whole thing about my own participation, my own presence, and how I'm showing up, is really important to me at the moment. And of course, every single client I work with, I'm looking to see, you know, can I be even more helpful than I was with the last person? Mm. And I've even more quick to actually tune into what it is here I need to be tuning into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's tremendous, tremendous. Uh, so I know, you know, some folks are listening to this and, and they they just absolutely need to know more, right? They, they want to, they want to know how they can get in touch with you. They want to know how they can find out more about your work. So what's the best way for people to, to do that, to, to get in touch with you, to find out more about the work that you're doing? Fantastic. So if they'd like to tune into my podcast. That's a very good place to go, which is Truth and Transcendence. And the Mm. and is ampersand in the middle. And that's on all the podcast apps. But if they just want to cut to the chase and go straight to the website, that's yesyounow.today. Awesome. And Excellent. Either, either well, way, they'll well, find out a lot more about me. I love it. I love it. Well, Catherine, uh, it was just such a pleasure. Uh, every bit worth the wait. I'm so glad we were able to have you on. And uh, I, I just cannot say how much I appreciate the wisdom and just the experience and the depth of that that you shared with the audience today. Uh, I know I got a ton out of it. I think our listeners got a ton out of it. Uh, and to those of you who are listening, your time and attention mean the world to us. We're so thankful to have you here. And I cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, 
please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.